0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear. With Skip Hill, I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for additional savings. Check out their new website. They just redid the whole thing. Our code THINK still works over there. It helps to support our programming. You'll get some great supplements. We're also brought to you by Patreon. Thank you to everybody who's taken part in Patreon. You guys are helping to make this thing happen. And we're brought to you by SupplementSource.ca for our Canadians. They've always got awesome deals. Those deals change week to week, so be sure to check their site out. And Strom Sports Nutrition if you're in the UK. Lots of good stuff over there. We're also brought to you by TeamSkip.com for this particular uh, podcast. What's up, Skip. You got a
1: really good deal on sponsoring this particular episode. I appreciate you helping me out on that. I can afford it for this episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's so going on? I want to say
1: too. Anybody who you know is going to shop on the new True Nutrition site, I hear they have a really good protein teams. Team Skip. Yes.
0: Yes. I have Team Skip at the house right now. That's what I always use. It's a nice I used to be. That's a whole other topic. I was going to say I used to always just do the weight isolate. Uh, And then I realized I didn't necessarily have to. But that could be like a podcast in itself. Right. Yeah, probably. So anyway, guys, your
1: your games were better when you switched to Team Skip Protein. I'm certain of that far better far better
0: (laughs) anyways guys we've got a bunch of stuff lined up for you as always uh we've got your listener questions if you guys want to take part in the next episode then comment on youtube we'll comment on the latest episode we'll take it next time uh and of course guys if you're new here let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell because we have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week skip been coaching for 85 years now right? Give
1: or take a couple Give or years. take? skip yeah. has been coaching
0: yeah. for over 20 years, guys. So he has a, a ton of experience. One of the, as far as I know, one of the first uh, internet coaches, one of the first online coaches there ever was. Now, everybody is an online coach, but you do have a, like just a ton of experience. Literally, we can say thousands of people thousands of people that you've helped to get into shape Uh, guys we're gonna we're gonna share that info with you today i'm at about 14 years now coaching so not quite and and it wasn't full-time 14 years but that's when i started actually like making money for it anyway we've got a couple good topics here uh for starters we are going to discuss how to handle the holidays uh, how to handle holidays with dieting? It's something that kind of comes up every year. You know, this show's coming out on Black Friday. Hope you guys are getting great deals. And then after that, we, Skip and I, are going to talk about how the fact that like both of us are getting in shape. And then we're going to take your listener questions. Skip, are you buying anything for Black Friday? You know, I
1: always say that I'm not going to. First, I think that the, um, I think it has a negative connotation. I think it's it's borderline racist. I don't know why they use black.
0: I don't even know why do they well, call it Black Friday.
1: You know, and honestly, it probably has to do with black and red as far as financials. Mm. Um, I'm sure that an accountant or someone who is smarter than me, which pretty much means the entire listenership, <laughs> yes. uh, would would be able to explain it. I don't know why, but I will tell you, I usually avoid it because it's, it's absolute chaos and especially going out. But online, I came across a couple things that I needed to get. And I just saw some ads, and I mean, when there's forty percent off Ralph Ralph Lauren, I'm like, because I'm an old guy, I wear them old guy shorts. Yeah. So I start looking, yeah, and I justify it by saying it's it's Ralph Lauren, it's timeless, it's a classic. Which is probably what old guys say when they mow the lawn in those white New Balance tennis shoes. Yeah. So it's probably the same shit. It's just I'll take a thousand dollars, or <laughs> I fucked it up already. I'll take what old guys say for a thousand dollars, Alex. But forget the joke because it didn't go over very well. It's but yes, right. I did. I bought a couple of things. Let me. I got it. You know what? I'm going to tell you what I bought. Yeah. It's not going to make any sense. So I'll be very quick about it. But growing, it's coolest thing when you raise kids and you think that these. 20 things matter, and this is what they're going to remember. You know, they're going to remember the nice house. They're going to remember all this stuff and do doing... it. A lot of times, they don't remember this. They remember the, the minutiae, the, the, those little things, those little details that you, you don't even really remember. My dad bought me a, you know, how this snow villages where people buy these replicas of things, and they're just little, they're little.
0: Uh, yeah
1: stores are their little like here's a good example and i gotta get me one so if anybody wants to you know what send me an awesome christmas gift yeah. what is it i want the i'm a huge christmas vacation fan huge they make like the house they make the the semi truck like, with the logs on it with the car underneath it
0: it's like a little diorama that you're building yeah
1: uh, I mean, it, it could be They're like, like
0: figurines and stuff. little not, yeah, house. yeah, yeah, little. little
1: houses, things like that. Holy so shit. my dad bought me a Krispy Kreme store back in like 2002 or something. I never, so why I have I never store.
0: heard about this before? It's
1: just the coolest. This, this is just one example, but it's got like two little um, like trees out front. It's got, it looks like a little store. It lights up. It has a sign on top, the KK sign that turns around and you know, a couple little hot wheels that are uh, like the delivery trucks, right? So it, over the years, it got beat up because kids break everything. So they, you know, my son broke the the trees because they bend like little pipe cleaners and shit. So my daughter says to me because they, they always fight over things that they want, like they want the traditional Christmas tree and things like that now that they're older and they have their own family. So my daughter wants this Krispy Kreme thing. So. I'm like, you know, I don't want to give you, like my dad gave me this, even though it's beat to shit. Yeah. So I go on online, I start looking for them and they're like 200 bucks a piece, but all the kids, three of the four, the, our youngest is still with us, so she doesn't care about things like that. They're all fighting over who's going to get this one thing. Holy shit. So I go online and I order three of them and I send them to them without telling them. Yeah. And they, the two girls got them today, sent me videos of them, sobbing oh you wow know, it was the so cutest it, it reminded piece them thing. of
0: their childhoods
1: it did they always remembered that and that was to them so nostalgic huh. that they wanted that piece they were slightly which i didn't even think about yeah. slightly disappointed they didn't have the beat up shitty original that doesn't even oh. work anymore yeah but they were very happy and to see them emotional like that my point is that the little things that you might not think are important when you're raising kids. Those are the cool things that when you hear about them years later, it's just kind of cool. You're like, yeah, I wasn't as shitty of a dad as I thought I was.
0: That's cool. That's cool.
1: (laughs) Yes. So that's my little black Friday thing, but I have come across a lot. There's, wicked sales i mean there's yeah i bought some stuff and if you can do it online do it because that's what i did to go too. out with the savages we're, it's it's out of control out
0: there we were talking about it on it's just bodybuilding i think that the black friday thing is like that the whole week now like i've been hearing about black yeah. friday for the last three weeks so yeah. i bought i bought some ammo uh i bought some a couple magazines that i needed and uh i might have got a new gun i might have I might have bought a gun today. so You might that. have. Yeah. I might have. <laughs> you, have you ever hear of an MP5K?
1: I've heard of it, but you see, you and Andrew are like next-level guns. Yeah. I carry, and my wife carries, and I know about, you know, handguns that I shoot, you know, a few times a month, but I don't know uh, the I, advanced stuff that you guys
0: do. It's think die hard. Think like die hard, and you go... And you hit the, the charging handle. And, yeah, <laughs> nice. it's cool. Anyway, I'd show you a picture, but I feel like we'd get demonetized. Uh, plus, we've uh, we've gone on long enough about Black Friday. Hope everybody had a nice Thanksgiving. And uh, yeah, this is the hardest time of year people for people to to conceive uh, dieting and staying on plan. I've had people reach out to me that say, like, hey, I really want to work with you. Should we start after the holidays are over? And this is like September. Because they're just thinking that whole three-month period is just going to be wrecked. So let's talk about how we handle this. And I almost feel like I wish we would have done this show sooner because I'm probably going to say some things that I've said like 500 times this week to my clients. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Green bean casserole is anabolic. I'll get that out of the way Where is that? Is that your
0: favorite? If you were to pick one side, two sides, what are your favorite two sides?
1: You know, green bean casserole is, but it, to me, it's just nostalgic because it's my wife always makes it. It's always been there. And me growing just up. Just two. I didn't uh, ask for a whole 10
0: day. minute diatribe. Pick, pick two and let's talk about I'm dieting.
1: Like, I'm just over here being verbose. <laughs> I apologize. No, uh, green bean casserole and uh, I despise turkey. Uh <laughs> Uh, cheesy potatoes my wife makes a very good that's not a traditional Mm -hmm. one either so those are my two favorites for sure
0: I like the green bean casserole I will add a serving or a plate of stuffing next to that and then we'll take the the turkey and I'm into the dark meat now I didn't used to like that but I like the combo a little bit of all of that but I like mix it all up and eat it all and like it's like a slurry of food it's like just a bucket of slop Thanksgiving slop that's all I want (laughs) everything mixed
1: there's so- a joke in there about my wife liking dark meat too but uh, <laughs> you know anyway no it, it, so you do eat turkey yes And and, yeah, I, but you know, I don't,
0: I don't go crazy with it. You guys don't eat Turkey.
1: No. Uh, And I think it's because of the white meat thing after eating chicken for so many years and Turkey to me is always so dry. Even if you cook it just right, it's good right there when it's warm. And then you try to make a sandwich with it six hours later and it's dry again. So we do odd things like duck or, Ah. and we pretty much let the kids do it. Uh, But if, if they can't figure it out or we can't figure it out, our default is ham. We just, okay. because I never eat ham at any other time.
0: And they make really good sandwiches. Well, here's the first thing I tell people that we can have a Thanksgiving meal. I tell people that, you know, we don't, it, like unless, okay, I, I work with one person who isn't having a Thanksgiving meal and she's doing nationals in like less than two weeks. Sure. So yeah. there's that, right? But outside of that, I you know, we can make that work. You know, even if you're dieting, like we know Thanksgiving is coming, right? Like you do, you do skip loads where people get, right. in some cases, it may extend to an entire day, right? Of, of like eating all sorts of crazy foods. So uh, I, I, I don't think there's a reason that we need to be 100% on plan. So I'll say that. And I will also add that I feel like it's a good idea to program in some periods that you aren't 100%. We can't be like 100% clean, 100% perfect year round. You can only do that for you can only like do that for so long before you're white knuckling it. I'll say that. And the final thing I'll say is if we need to kind of work some damage control with it, I will tell people grab a plate of just meat and veggies and eat that first. After you've done that, it's kind of like a governor. You know what I mean? You've already put some food sure. in the system. You're not just start because like if you just gave me all the mashed potatoes, and all the stuffing, I could eat it all. But it I, it kind of tempers you a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So that's my thoughts. How about you?
1: Well, I think it's a good decision to do that, too, because I mean, the reality is there and we we do what we do because we we don't necessarily loathe mediocrity, but we don't want to be average. And so yeah. a lot of what we do is I don't want some people do it. It's attention seeking. So taking your Tupperware to your grandparents' house and stuff like that. But I think what you have to take into consideration around the holidays is it's, it's not just about you. It's about your family. And I know if I was, I I think about my sweet grandmother and I did it when I was a teenager, I would take Tupperware over there and she'd be like, Oh, you're not going to eat, you know, you're not going to eat the food. You're going to eat your, you know, you brought food. And I could tell, I, well, I couldn't tell then, but I know now that she was kind of disappointed with that. It's, yeah. it's not a slap in the face, but it kind of is because they're not going to understand what you're doing anyway. And it just... I mean, it's one, it's one meal. It's about Thanksgiving. It's about, well, Thanksgiving's over. So we do have
0: to remember that. I just thought of that. You know, Thanksgiving's okay. over as people see this, but it's about Christmas and, yeah. and the Thanksgiving that Christmas you guys ate or yesterday. or the other holidays around yes. Christmas. Yes, yes, The other religious exactly.
1: holidays as well. Yes. Um, and I don't mean to.
0: No, I appreciate that. You. I'm
1: trying to save someone.
0: You know, to me, to me, it's about Christmas. Yeah. There we go. Exactly. Yeah. And
1: myself too. And that's, i'm an atheist i don't like to talk about it because people think then you know atheists are assholes i'm not a picketing atheist i don't hate people who like god i don't talk negatively about God. i just i'm just an atheist but i still celebrate christmas because it's tradition it's it's i've had the hardest
0: time guys getting skipped to talk about anything diet related have you noticed that (laughs) (laughs) okay
1: okay the point is is I'm backing up what you were saying as far as the meal. You don't need to eat clean all the time. Enjoy the food. As an example, if I have clients who skip load, uh, who are skipping, which is a large majority of them, they will typically skip the skip load the weekend prior, push it to Thursday, for, or push it to the date that the the holiday is, if it's midweek, and then skip it that following. So it's kind of, instead of having two over the course of three weeks, they have uh, – or two weeks they have one so it's kind of making their load work for them while then they still get to be normal and take part with their family and their food and you know not offend their their extended family or the other side of the family that probably doesn't like you anyway because you're different you work out and you're so narcissistic and that's all you care about
0: let me ask you this how many units of insulin, fast-acting insulin should I use before my Thanksgiving feast?
1: Yeah. I would Actually, excuse this- me.
0: Christmas for for me, cuz Thanksgiving's exactly. over. I keep forgetting. Exactly. We're recording this. Guys, okay, spoiler alert. We're recording this the day before Thanksgiving. So, right. we haven't had it yet. Now you all have. You guys are in the future. We're coming to you from the past. <laughs>
1: any holiday situation between the end of Thanksgiving and the first of January. It even goes through New Year's Eve because a lot of people feast on New Year's Eve too. And then they drink too many drinks. But, um, you know, I personally, I think that if you can get around the psychological component, just shelf, whether it be supplements or anything else, because that is a valid question. Because some people will want to stay tight; they will want to take some insulin. Hell oh, yeah, their, oh, yeah. With get their, that yeah. Pump. You're, you're getting you're getting a lot of calories. There's a lot of growth there. There's a lot of um, you, know, you can help with your recovery, and then you get yeah. back on track. You know, the next day too. I don't even like to train on on holidays. I know the gyms are open, yeah. and I typically will train. You know, I like my my set schedule. I don't like that to be changed. But you know what? Sometimes it's just good to show the rest of the family that you know what as much as i love what i do i'm willing to put it aside on these few days out of the year that we're getting together together as a family and family is far more important and honestly i think they would appreciate that And you're not going to lose anything between essentially in the 30 days between thanksgiving and the first of the year six months but whatever
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that you can still make progress. If if your goal is fat loss, you can still diet through that entire period and not have to worry about it. There's no question in my mind. In fact, I've done it before. Is it ideal? Would I go out of my way to plan dieting through that period? No, but you know what? If you have people that are doing shows that are early in the season, sometimes that might be necessary. Or there are people that are like, I am just started working with a guy. And he was like, hey, I want to go on a vacation and be in really good shape. You know, that's his goal. And he's going to be doing that in several months from now. So it's like, hey, guess what? He's starting to diet now. And we're one weekend. And guess what? We're doing Thanksgiving. So there's that, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll do Christmas Well, and honestly,
1: too. that's what I did too, because I just started back on Monday. So I do want to keep things tight. But the difference here in my situation, uh, and some other people may deal with this too, but all the kids are gone. Yeah. Even our youngest daughter who lives here is going to be at her boyfriend's house, so it'll be my wife and I. So yes, we will sit around, but I will do what you were talking about earlier. I'll have vegetables and turkey and my wife will have a few extras, and then later at night, I'll train a few hours later when it's closer to her bedtime, because I'm up all night anyway, and I'll go and train. So I'm still doing it and able to pull it off without it getting in the way of family or having them schedule around me, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think that's uh, that's some just good advice overall, hopefully, because I know that people get a, get a lot of questions about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think the people who've been around here Long enough People who've been Doing it long enough They get it But to the new people You know It's it's hard to figure out The hardest thing To figure out Is like Where can I back off And still be doing all right you know a lot of people are scared to to take any breaks a lot of people are scared to eat anything off plan so if you're working with a coach
1: they don't want your coach they don't want their coach to think they're not disciplined either yeah so when they hear it from their coach it does i know i've had a lot of clients that i can literally feel the relief like oh cool you know i can my coach doesn't expect me to take my food with me you know when i'm at this family function uh and eat my own separate food and that's the way it should be, like you said. Unless you are, you know, getting ready for a show, and even if you're not close to the show, you can still make it work by just making some minor adjustments.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned that you're you're working on getting in shape, and that was kind of something we were going to discuss next. Uh, the fact that uh, we we had talked about this. Both of us had talked about this uh, when we were in Ohio together. I haven't talked Ooh. to you since then. You realize that? It's been a few weeks. Yeah, it's
1: been a little while, yeah.
0: And uh yeah, both of us are planning to get into shape this year. And um yeah. We talked about it a little bit on that live podcast. We mentioned it. Let's let's talk a little bit more. Where are you at with it?
1: Well, I wanted to I wanna add too, because for anybody who may have, you know, is tuning in now and they haven't heard us before, uh, and I'm just I guess defending myself, to be honest with Uh-oh. you, I rarely don't train. Really? I very rarely take a break. And this has been 12, it was 12 weeks. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I came off all You made me a little worried. Yeah, 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 I had myself worried, to be honest with you. My head was just in a different place. And it's funny because I haven't been like that before. But the reality is anybody listening to this deals with shit. And they go through, they've had something or sometimes even more than one situation where life just kind of kicks you in the teeth and you get sidetracked. It is what it is, but in my situation, I have to tell myself, yeah, it had to be pretty bad that I just was that sidetracked. But nonetheless, I was off for 12 weeks. I am getting back now. I was incredibly lean, you know, prior to taking that time. So, you know, I gained almost... 40 pounds. Uh, I'm not tanned. I'm I'm just not my usual self. And as much as I I don't like to tie in bodybuilding with who I am, the reality is I've done it for so long that when I don't do that important part of what I do, I lose the therapeutic component of it and I lose a little bit of how I feel about myself. If yeah. you're always in shape and then all of a sudden you're forty pounds, you know, heavier and you're you can barely walk to the restaurant two blocks away, you mm. know, with you and, you know, people who I have just met, it's with I felt like Herbert from Family Guy that I needed a walker with tennis balls on it. And I'd be wh- whistling, I can't even do it, but whistling when I talk and saying inappropriate things to mm-hmm. young kids. It was. It's just <laughs> a very difficult situation. I'm back on track as of Monday, I feel great, I'm crippled sore, yeah. uh, I you know, gained so much weight that my, my lower back has been bothering me so much, that's getting better. But yeah, I, I, I'm gonna get back on track as fast as I can, and get back into shape as fast as I can. Nice. What's your story?
0: So I got sick in uh, 2021, the very beginning of it. And unfortunately, I was at my literal all-time strongest. Who would have thought you'd be your all-time strongest in your 40s, right? But mm-hmm. I was really strong in progressing. And people were asking me even like, hey, are you going to get on stage? You know, and, and at the time, I just said, well, hey, if I could gain more muscle than I ever have before, then I'll have more to show then it'd be worth it. But until then, I'm just going to focus on continuing to get bigger. And it was really going well. There was no end in sight until I got sick and I'm still struggling to this day. And a lot of the last two years has been me trying to focus on regaining the strength mm-hmm. and, and trying to not lose muscle. And in the process, I have lost muscle and I've gotten out of shape. So my conditioning has gone down. Uh, my breathing is the, is really the limiting factor. So Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting and I won't, I don't want to go too far into it, but when you have a limitation, like I've had my back hurt and like to the point where I felt crippled by it and, uh, I still found a way to train when you can't breathe. It's a different thing. It like, it's just a different thing. You can't work around not being able to breathe. Um, that said, what I've decided now is, so my goal is going to be number one, cardio, get my lungs stronger. Uh, and, and so I started doing cardio consistently. You know, I wanted to get on a cycle, but unfortunately, my hematocrit was like 57. So it's 57 oh. because my lungs aren't functioning properly, right? I'm not getting enough air. But what I have noticed, though, is that uh, there are some supplements that have helped me. The number one thing has been ubiquinol. Um, one of the things that Dante had suggested to me was coenzyme Q10, I went to ubiquinol and I doubled it. I went from the the dose I was looking at. I went to 400 milligrams. I feel good with that. Um, injectable L-carnitine. Use our code. Think at Amino asylum, guys. Um, that's a really good one too. And uh, you know, this is one I really thought about not talking about, but I just started it. I've always had, I've always, I've always told people not to take it, but I started carterine as well. Oh, so it's interesting because the first day I took carterine. I could breathe and i was like holy shit!" shit. and i worked out and i got an incredible pump and my endurance felt back to normal like instantly man so i think there's so what victoria and i think is that there's something like a neurological issue versus actual lung damage and that that i think that like there's a an issue with the mitochondria and producing energy i think that i'm kind of hacking that a little bit but i'm using that as a way to jump forward by improving my cardio. I'm you know, doing cardio regularly. I'm getting into breathing exercises. Well, I lied. I'm supposed to, I want to get into breathing exercises. I haven't started those yet. And, uh, and I haven't cleaned up my diet immensely. Like for me to get in shape, when I worked for the pop company, I could get ripped eating a lot of food, like a ton of food. But since then, it's coming you know years of sitting on my butt here, sure. uh, it my diet is different. And in order for me to get in shape, I need to bring the fats down. I need to eat a lot of protein, and I need to keep the carbs minimal. So it's basically like I need to go almost protein only minimal carbs. So I'm getting like twenty two carbs in meal one and then maybe like 32 carbs pre-workout, and then maybe another 32 carbs later. But that's it, man. I'm hungry. I'm hungry right now. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I'm just I'm excited to lose some fat, lose some visceral fat, and, and improve my cardio. Training's a whole other thing, man. And I'll let you tell me about your training first, and then I'll tell you about mine. But what are you doing for training?
1: Well, because of the crippling... Uh, well, it's twofold, basically, not only the crippling soreness, the fact that my recovery right now, is it's going to be horrible. So instead of coming back to the four days that I typically almost always use a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday type setup, train everything once a week, Okay, I'm just going three days a week this Good. week and next week. And I'll kind of literally from there, I'll just gauge it weekly and assess weekly and see if I can get to four days. I may be able to do that in just a couple weeks. Uh, I'm not going in and killing it yeah. I'm going in and keeping the volume very low, which is difficult to do because in the past I would just go in and put up with it. You know, yeah. I would get sore and I wouldn't go back into real heavy weights, but I would go back in and still train hard and just deal with it. And I'm just not at a, in a I'm glad right now where I want to do that. I'm glad. Um, I was worried you're going to do
0: like it. hard. I was worried you're going to well, go hard. My, my
1: back is part of the reason because even you know my day, my back is a lot better than it was four weeks ago when I saw you. Thankfully, good, but it's still irritated. It's my SI, and I can get around, and I'm loose more at the end of the day when I'm warm. I stretch when I get to the gym. I feel pretty good, but there are things that I forget about because my back is feeling better, and then I go to lean back on something. You know, if I were to lean back on, say, a bench, which I did on monday i had a hard time getting up from that position yeah and get down but to get up is kind of tricky so i am being very careful in that sense where i honestly you know haven't been as careful in the past careful with the weights to not train too heavy but from an intensity and volume standpoint i usually don't hold it back i just usually put up with it and i'm not doing that now i'm easing it
0: good i'm glad to hear that for me man, I since I like I said I tried to get strong initially and it if if I push too hard it sets me back. The next day I feel beat up and then it just goes downhill. And then my appetite yeah. goes, my energy goes, I get brain fog. It's weird. So what I have found is working and this sounds strange, but I'm kind of thinking about keeping my heart rate up. I'm thinking about keeping like making it like challenging my breathing through my training. And what I've started doing is I'm almost it's kind of a superset, but it's a weird superset because I'm not just like picking like let's take legs. For instance, I'll start out on a let's say a leg extension and I'll do a couple sets warming up and then I'll get to like a good third set where I actually feel it, you know, and I'll do I'll do a good one good set on that. And then I'll still like just take a minute, let myself ease back into it. Then from there, I'll do a second good set and I'll immediately go and start warming up on the hamstring curl. And then I'll come at, do like a couple warm ups there. And then I go back and I do a third hard set. And then I immediately go back and do a hard set of hamstring curl. So it's like this staggered thing. And sure. then from there, I start warming up, supersetting the next exercise, which might be leg press. And I start supersetting leg press with the hamstring curl in that same way. You know, start warming up, do a couple warm up sets, come back, do a hard set, and then do a hard set on leg press. So it's interesting because it's like a, I, I, I've never seen anybody do that before, but it's working for me because otherwise, what happens is I'll do a real hard set and then i'm out of breath and i can't do anything hard for 5 minutes i'll come back over to my desk and sit down and then i start cooling down so i'm better off but i can't do another hard set but i could warm up on the next exercise you know what i'm saying right. yep. so i get it i get it and that's a good example of things
1: that you know may not be what's the ideal word? yeah it, it, or you know orthodox yeah it's working for you. And that's a big part of what we do anyway. We have the parameters that are set. And this is for anybody listening to right. or trainers. You have those parameters that you set, but there are times where you need to get outside of that based on your specific situation. And really anything you do right now is, gonna, is likely to cause adaptation. And, right. and be positive and beneficial because you're not used to training. It's the same thing for me. I'm not being terribly picky with my exercise and going, oh, I can't do that one because oh, I have to lean back. My chest right now it could be ridiculously sore from three sets of cable flies. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I that's not what I did. But the point is is that it's, you have to – we know because we have trained for so long what those parameters are. and We know when to get outside and when to be inside and be in those parameters and when to amp it up and that sort of thing because of the experience and the amount of time we've trained and mm. people listening are getting to that point. And those are the things you have to do too. You have, you might have a trainer and you need to listen to those, uh, you know, listen to your trainer and the information and those parameters, but there are going to be times where you feel something different. And that's when you need to communicate with your coach and tell them, I know I keep shaking my, my monitor here. I'm trying to get my leg over this wire. (laughs) But anyway, um, those are those things. And that that comes back to communication with your coach too, because as coaches, we know what those parameters are. We know where you need to be, but we don't know how you feel. And those when you're in tune with your body and you start listening to your body more, that needs to be communicated to the coach so that the coach knows how you're feeling. We know if you're beat up, we're not going to know it. We're not going to know what those signs are of you potentially not recovering as well, potentially being overtrained, things like that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And And it's something I did. I did try to just beat my head against the wall and just do work within the parameters for a long time you know any but you're you're absolutely right and i think that's what our jobs are it can be hard for us to figure out for ourselves you know what when when we need to do those things it's easier i think for me at least when i'm looking at a client you know and i can see oh let's get creative with this so Mm -hmm. anyway yeah i'm excited though man i feel good and it, it feels nice you know what you know what it is about bodybuilding I don't care how far along you are. I don't care what your goals are. Um, it, it's all about trying to do something to be better in life mm-hmm. in some way or another. There's something really positive, I think, about about the idea of bodybuilding, and I think that's one of the cool things that is really positive, like about our channel and everything we do, is that it, it is something that we're we're striving for more versus just accepting, you know, mediocrity. I guess right. Sure. Yeah. Word. So, are you going to get back on stage? Is that going to be the end goal? Is that what you're, you're you know, are you going to get like that lean where you're thinking you would do something like that? Or is this like a recomp to get back into just getting momentum moving and growing?
1: I don't even know. be okay. honest with you, I... I'm not coming into this new phase. Um, hold on a second. Let me uh, yell at my wife for making a whole lot of noise that she has no idea anybody can hear as she jams <laughs> stuff into the trash and that sort of thing. Come on, Melissa.
0: Melissa, this <laughs> is like Skip. oh, he's
1: back there. He changed his desk all around. No one can see me. I can walk around now, and I'll just make a bunch of noise.
0: Ooh, yeah. No, anyway.
1: anyway yeah. Um, I haven't. I haven't looked that far down the pipe. I am so happy to be back and just be literally off the couch and not feeling like Good. crap that I I want to get lean. I mean, I can't stand carrying this level of body fat, so I'm definitely going to get lean. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, uh, I would love to be back on stage. Um, whether I do that, you know, I don't like to talk too much about it publicly because – I've had some obstacles over the last years with injuries and things. And it's very hard because I've had so much support when I put it out there that that's what I'm doing, that when it does get sidetracked for things that are out of my control, I then have to not only explain it, but then the people who don't hear it or don't read it, then they're asking me, you know, as as well, you know, sporadically over the next three or four months, it just gets really dragged out and it's, it's hard for me psychologically, psychologically, to continue to rehash it and explain it and be reminded of it. So, if I were to go into a show, because I I would absolutely love to do that at some point, um, I probably would keep it under wraps and I'd be very stealthy. Of about course, it you and would. Then talk about it afterwards.
0: Yes. All right. Well, listen. Let's get into our listener questions, uh, and I'll be excited to you know continue talking about our progress. Uh, we didn't have Andrew with us today, guys. He had some personal stuff that came up. Uh, I feel like it's probably not our places to say. I don't know if he posted about it or anything, but you know, I'm sure that's something that will come up later. He's doing alright though, and he just needed to to take the episode off, so I will say that. Hey guys, I'm going to take a brief pause to shout out our advertisers. I'm going to try to make this quick, but keep in mind, they're responsible for helping us to put these shows out. If you guys want to support our programming, of course you can do so through Patreon, and thank you to everybody who supports the show through Patreon. I will have links to that below, as well as to all of our advertisers. If you shop with our advertisers, you'll get great products, products that I stand behind, and you'll also be supporting our programming. First of all, check out truenutrition.com if you're in the US. I use their hydrolyzed beef collagen every day, and I use their citrulline malate, beta alanine, and EAA on days that I train. They have high-quality protein powders and tons of flavors. Hit me up if you have any questions. Use our code THINK over there. You'll get some additional savings, plus you'll support our programming, and you'll get some high-quality, third-party tested supplements. If you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. They have blowout deals on top name brand supplements. Uh, They constantly have different things happening, so be sure to go to their site and check them out. I recently saw Carbolin for like 30 bucks off. I mean, you really can't beat those prices. Plus, they have free shipping over $99. If you're in the UK, then you probably already know about Strom Sports. They're one of the leader in health supplements in the United Kingdom. Strom Sports Nutrition has standalone supplements like NAC and Tutka, and they have finished blends like Support Max, a high-quality, well-priced on-cycle support stack. I have links below to everything. Thanks for watching. Thanks for your support. Um, huge thanks for another great one. As always, guys, I'd like to ask a question for the next one. Uh, do you have any recommendations for good exercises that put a good stretch on the lats? I'm six foot four and most lat pulldowns I've tried uh, bottom out. Uh, before I get a good stretch right now, I'm doing a close grip V bar pull down sitting on the floor. And while it works, okay, I feel it lacks uh, a proper brace. That's a big uh, issue.
1: Yeah. Um, his name's Johan. <sighs> yes. So yes. we'll see if anybody gets this reference. I wonder if he's kind of broad at the shoulder and narrow at the hip. Everybody knows you don't give no lip to big Johan.
0: I never heard that. What the hell? Okay. Is that a song?
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's an old song, Big John. Oh. Brought it, they go through the, he says the stats, and so it's one of those like 1950s or 40s songs, I don't know. Anyway, yes. I sent you a link to the exercise that I think would work well for him, but I don't know if he's got that piece of equipment. You can do the same thing though, that same exercise on a normal lap pole. What it is is just essentially you're standing away and squatting down a little bit to brace yourself and there you go and i use it as an opener um, which a lot of people do when it comes to especially right now it's kind of trending that uh, and you can do them one arm as well i don't like doing things one arm unless i'm alternating Uh, and what that'll do is that won't limit anyone from a Mm. height standpoint so this would would work well i'm doing it on a on a double arm you know cable machine but you can also do it on a single arm if you use something like one of the rotate bars or you're doing them one handed with one handle yeah yeah that sort of thing and the good thing about this exercise too is it's very limiting on the amount of weight you can use Mm. because you're not able to brace yourself uh, eventually, if you tried to go heavy on it, you'd either slip your your feet, the grip between the floor and your your shoe would slip, uh, or it would pull you forward.
0: You wouldn't be able to, yeah, this I, counter against the the weight or balance yourself. I miss. I would miss that though if I didn't have. I could see doing that, but I would also still want to be able to like sit down, lock in, and pull. Mm-hmm. You know, pull down. Uh, Look, but you're
1: not six four, so you, yeah. you're, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's you're, true. You're gonna, you know Like as an example, uh, one of the hammer poles, uh, yeah. the hammer back machines that would be similar to that angle. He may not fit into because of his height. So yeah. because I would recommend that as an as an alternative too. Um, but a lot of people with long arms who are tall would bottom that machine out. So he is a little limited in that sense. The other thing, too, is you may think, oh, I could put one foot up on the lat pull seat and brace myself. Yes. And that seems sensical, but as soon as you lift one leg, then you have asymmetry in your hips. Yeah. And it's just a bad idea because then you're favoring one side. You could alternate each set.
0: That's what John Meadows just, has those in his. Okay, his and, plans. and I
1: think Shelby did too.
0: Shelby did them because we were doing John Meadows stuff.
1: Oh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, to me, I'm because I'm OCD. Yeah. I don't, and probably because I've had back issues too. I don't want one of my hips to not. I never I, had an I don't issue. Want my hips lined up.
0: I, yeah, I've never yeah. had an issue with it, and I feel like because I'm, I'm thinking you, you are, you are, because I'm kind of like. You know, I'm a little like offset because you're, your hips are like that versus like that. So right. I do feel like there is an element of that, but I'm still able to pull straight. Put it this way I am too. I've had weird stuff. When we've tried to do like T bar, one handed T bars off to the, like on, on the side, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like those things, man, they would jack my back up. But I never had that. I could see though, if you were OCD, you would like not want to do that. But that, well, if he likes the that, reality that could is be not even. I mean, yeah.
1: it, it, the reality is, even if I'm going overboard with being OCD, but it is still uneven. The hips aren't like now. If you're doing them one arm, then that's not a big deal because you'd put one leg up, do one arm, then switch, and you'd switch legs as you switched arms. Yeah. So then it would be symmetrical, you know, for both sets. I mean, again. It probably wouldn't be an issue, but because of my history with back issues and the demographic that I tend to work with, I am constantly, the large majority of the time, working around people who, even if they don't have back issues at that specific time, they have in the past. So that makes me even more OCD, too, because I would hate for something to be out of line, and then they injure themselves, and I go, oh, I guess I better go back and make sure that one
0: leg isn't up or something to that effect. 99% of the time, it probably wouldn't be an issue. I will tell Johan, I never had any issues with that, in that I, I would say, just to throw something else at him, he could see how that works for him. It's still not the same. To me, it's like, that's still, like, when I do that exercise with my foot on the on the seat, and I usually use, like, a close-grip pull-down handle, I get a really good stretch, and then I really arch, you know what I mean, as, as I bring the, the weight down. Um, I still feel like I'm taking a, I'm doing something different, I'm giving a rest to the regular pull down, but I'm damn sure going to go back to that regular pull down next week. You know what I mean?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I've had a a client who was a former professional basketball player come over to train at the house and he had that issue on my pull down and and my pull down's a little bit shorter because it's made for at home use, you know? Yeah. So, man, I wonder, I wonder if there's a pull down out there for him. Huh? do the wider, well, I mean, you go. I've seen a
1: lot of, uh, yeah. the The wide will help too, but it's there are plenty of commercial lat pulls, you know, lat pull machines where the pulley is significantly higher. It's it's the same with long pulley rows. Sometimes a long pulley row, especially if you yeah, try to use like, yeah. a rotate bar, you know, you're like, oh man, I wish that pulley was further out. But there are plenty where that's the case, and then you can use a rotate bar. It's just <laughs> that they're all made differently and they all have different dimensions.
0: Yeah. And I feel like the most important part to me is that stretch. Like for me, I had a really hard time getting good lat activation and it wasn't until I could get it all the way stretched and then I could, for me personally, I could feel that stretch. It was the cue I used to activate from without that stretch i feel like i would i'd be shortchanging myself by just like oh, going Oh for sure without three quarters the way oh, up. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah
1: yeah the protraction retraction is huge when it comes to back i you know i've said a many times before and i still i still will say it forever that back is that muscle group that is trained the most like if you were to go into a gym and watch people train mm-hmm. training back is the muscle group that is trained the most incorrectly
0: i would agree I would agree. It and then just happens. All, it legs next Ego.
1: With- yeah, definitely legs too. But even if you're going heavy on squats and you get to depth, you've covered – I mean, there are other things that can be going wrong. Don't get me wrong. But – with back there's so many things you could be getting protraction or retraction, but you don't have uh, you know enough of a range of motion. range of motion during back is a problem because people want to train heavier. We all want to train heavier, but at least on something like a bench press it 's very black and white. You either touch the bar to your chest and lock out or you don't with yeah. back, if you lose a half inch as you start to fatigue on the you know the retraction when you're essentially rowing or pulling back. You may not even notice that, and you're going to continue yep. to feel the muscle work. So, you know, th- there's just there's a lot going on with a lot of muscles that make up the entire back musculature, and it, it you have to really. I mean, I've seen people who train for years do shit wrong, and yeah. then if you have a genetic predisposition to grow. Then you can continue to do the shit wrong for a long time,
0: right, and yeah. still
1: progress while the rest of us are fighting for you know the next half inch on our back chest measurement
0: and that 's why we see some of the best bodybuilders who have really good genetics don 't necessarily have the best technique they never needed it right
1: exactly exactly
0: all right. this is an interesting one um, This is from uh, Matthew Kidwell. He says, uh, hey, guys, I got a question for the next podcast. Steve Weinberger is coming to a gym near me in late February to host a posing clinic. I'm excited to attend. However, I will be coming off a 16-week test plus DECA bulk. I estimate I will be around 250 pounds. We don't know what his like contest shape is, but you know, obviously a lot less than 250. Because he says... Um, Uh, what is the best way to come in the best shape possible in four weeks from uh peak bulk Uh, example uh, more drugs with much less food or fewer drugs with moderate reductions in food like a normal so basically he's he's just looking for ideas you know and he adds uh Also, how much weight could I lose without putting myself at risk of losing muscle in a short time? Thanks, love the podcast. He's not going to like my answer. Yeah, I don't think he'd like either of our answers. But maybe it's the the info that he needs to hear right now, honestly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's
1: an honest answer. I mean, it's something that I would tell if he were my client. I would not want him to change anything. When you go to a posing, it, it, let's put it this way, the posing instruction that he's going to get, is not going to be from him or anybody else, uh, yep. you know, whether it be Kenny Wallach or anybody um, is not going to be so good that it'll be worth at that time that it'll be worth giving up the, the gains or potential get potentially giving up any of the gains that he just got coming off the cycle.
0: Absolutely. And,
1: you know, I think what he is saying and he can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he doesn't want to show up to opposing clinic not in shape. Yeah. But from a posing standpoint and you learning how to pose and feeling your muscles in different poses. As an example, the Steve is not going to look and go, oh, well, I can't tell you how to pose because you're not lean enough. He'll be able to give the same instruction. I mean, hell, you could even go to a posing clinic and you could listen and watch versus actually having to pose to, to understand yes it's better to feel it yes sure. it's better for him to instruct but you could still walk away from a posing clinic with a ton of information even if you're not actually directly involved in posing uh, but as far as the condition i would say really continue to do what you would normally do four weeks after a show or after a um bulk and yep. after your cycle and don't change anything. Go to the posing clinic, learn as much as you can possibly learn, and just accept the fact that you're not show ready. I doubt everybody there would be show ready, and even if they are, or close to it, or very lean, I think they're gonna understand that you're in the middle of an, of an off season, and you're there to get as much knowledge on posing as you can. Leave it at that.
0: Yeah, and Steve Weinberger, Weinberger has been around the block you know what i'm saying he he knows what an offseason looks like i feel like if if you came to him too lean and you were to tell him hey i just finished up a bulk you probably wonder like well why aren't you getting some more why don't you you, you yeah, obviously thanks. didn't tap into everything you could have you know what I'm saying if if you come in looking like Instagram shape for this thing so I'd say grow and then guess what it doesn't matter what you look like anyway because when you get to the show that's what matters you know and if you want to well, try to you have impress all that time him,
1: to practice what he's telling you
0: yeah yeah.
1: I mean you've got all the rest of your off season people don't like to pose and practice their posing until they're real real lean yeah. but yeah. practice it hold those poses i mean that's it's when hard you're winded too and it's difficult sure posing is very difficult and you're already dragging ass when it gets close to a show anyway so to then add posing and then try to build stamina to posing you think oh i'm lean i'm not having a problem doing cardio i'm not having a problem training. Yeah. yeah try posing and you'll see right away oh shit this is a different game this is a different animal
0: yeah no kidding man and and you know what too i guess here's the thing we're not used to being judged at that moment You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not, we're not, we're used to being like, well, hold on, let me diet for 20 weeks before you see me. Then I'll show you what I look like to be in that moment. You know, you have to, I guess at the same time, there is probably a level of accountability to this. Like, you know, you don't want a lot of times because people can get too sloppy, you know, in there that, you know, at the same time, you probably want to watch that because you don't need to get sloppy fat. You could still look like a decent off-season bodybuilder uh, at, you know, at the end of this thing. So, yeah. And when you that? come
1: off of your cycle, you're going to drop some water, especially if he's on yeah. those compounds that he mentioned anyway. So he'll clean up just by coming off the cycle without really, you know, having to make dramatic changes and put those gains at risk, so to speak.
0: Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be the most awful thing is you do all of this work and then you, you screw it all up by cutting the food so that you can look good, you know, posing for a day, you know? Sure.
1: And even if you don't screw it up, You're gonna question later at some point as you start to get lean, oh man, maybe when I came off of my cycle and I had that posing clinic, maybe I shouldn't have held back. You don't want those questions uh, or to leave any stones unturned. So just go to Steve. Isn't going to, I tell you, if if the guy who asks the question thinks, Oh, Steve's going to think I'm fat when I get Steve, isn't going to give a fuck. He's to put on a posing clinic and he has seen everything. Like you said, he's been around the block. He's not even going to give it a second thought.
0: No. All right. What else do we have here? Nevin, who was with us in the live stream, I believe. What's up, man? He says a question for the next episode. When training chest, um, Where in your routine do you put fly movements? I heard it's better at the beginning so that you can open up the chest and warm up for pressing movements. Then I've heard it's better to the end so that you can stretch the muscle. I've heard Jay Cutler say that he likes to do a fly movement after each pressing movement. Just wanted your thoughts.
1: Uh, First, Andrew's asking if our Nevin is asking if Andrew and I are avoiding each other. And the answer is yes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> unfortunately
1: i'm not a big fan These of the andrew. live andrew's not a big fan of me so uh, yeah. whenever possible we do avoid each other <laughs> no um i like andrew obviously very much but uh xoxo uh flies and and where to put them uh, you know i've used them at the be I, first i want to say that i think flies are one of the most underrated huh. chest movements um, that there are, and a lot of people don't do them because there are so many machines to choose from, whether it be hammer strength, you know, uh, pre- all the hammer strength pressing movements or any of the new, there's just tons and tons of machines for chess. It's an old school exercise, but it's a damn good one. And to say that you can't build bulk or build mass with flies is a gross understatement. Uh, that's number one. As far as positioning, I've done them. At the beginning, I just think that increases, you're kind of putting yourself in a more vulnerable position for injury. Yeah. Uh, Unless you're, now, if you're using them for warm ups and you're using them light to get blood in there, sure. Uh, I'm a bigger fan of cable flies, pec deck squeeze, things like that, that are a little bit, and again, (laughs) controlled reps. But I think that those movements to open with are better than a dumbbell fly that you tend we all do we tend to want to go heavier on those types of movements i don't want the 40s i want the 60s and then you get into a situation that you don't get into as often with the machine and that is and what a lot of people do these days within the last five seven years i've seen it and it's egregious they change the form to the point where It's not really a dumbbell fly. It's just a neutral grip, wide dumbbell
0: press. Really?
1: Yeah. And I don't like, I don't like that. The, the upper or I'm sorry, the lower arm from the elbow to the wrist. Yeah. That angle should be open more than 90 degrees. Because if it's not or if it's at 90 degrees, you're going to feel your chest and it's going to feel like a decent stretch. But as soon as you get out of that 90 degrees, that's where the stretch is because you're opening up at the bicep as well. And you wonder, well, how does the bicep play into chest? But then you'd have to know that the bicep attaches over the shoulder. And also, you know, your elbows need to be flared. There's a lot there that if you're doing them correctly – the dumbbells should be wide they should not be stiff arm they shouldn't be anywhere close to stiff arm but they should be outside of the 90 degrees and just you know by 90 degrees i want to get my hands up here and and get to where god damn everything's backwards (laughs) but if you're if you're at 90 degrees and i'm not gonna be able to do it but it's it's this angle uh, am i going to be able to do this it's this angle here that i'm talking about the upper arm to that is at 90 degrees and a neutral grip because your dumbo um fly in with a neutral grip so i can't show it i can't show it and explain it's gonna be difficult to do uh i have videos on my instagram and i'm well, here YouTube hold on show it
0: hold on a second let me go i'm gonna right. go can you show me if you had more screen
1: yeah, I probably can. Can you widen me up?
0: Boom. There you go. Ha! Look, it's the there skip show. Welcome to the skip so, show, everybody.
1: If, okay, so what I'm talking about, let's see if I can get, I'll do it with this side. There we go. The angle of the upper arm versus the lower arm. This is roughly 90. Uh, roughly 90 degrees you want to be out here okay outside of the 90 if this is 90 you want to be out here as soon as you start to get outside of that 90 the stretch to the chest is going to be dramatically uh increased
0: yep i would agree at the
1: same time the weight you can use will start to decrease as well because you're essentially pulling your try your triceps aren't going to be helping to move the weight like they are at 90 degrees like yeah. you would do a dumbbell press quite frankly yeah. you wouldn't do it usually with a neutral grip which I'm not a fan of at all but it's a nice change of pace you know you have the the uh, cambered bars that are you know that elite FTS makes yes uh, with those grips and with those different grips and I've used them but as soon as you go to a neutral grip, For on a dumbbell press, what happens? There's a lot more front delt activity in his body. But as a power lifter, that's great because your arms are going to be more tucked. And that's the difference between benching. I don't want to get off on a tangent, but that's the difference between benching as a power lifter and benching are one of the main differences uh, as a bodybuilder as well. The elbows are going to be more flared. They're not going to be as tucked. In bodybuilding or in powerlifting, they're tucked a little bit more because that'll yeah. provide more more Dricep, power. Yeah. Uh, now, I don't want to get into the argument of flared because people take flared to mean a lot of different things, and then I get accused of not knowing, you know, the basic mechanics of how things work. The elbows, though, are flared relative to a powerlifter, yeah, uh, bench presser, dumbbell press.
0: Yeah, I so I've had good success using a pack deck at the beginning of my workouts and um and i used that to pre-fatigue uh, you know having a uh, in isolation movement used before i did the uh, the compound movements but i wouldn't say that everybody needs to do that and i definitely wouldn't do a fly like a dumbbell fly a cable fly I see those as being exercises that I would put later. I like to get a bigger stretch after the muscle is filled up. And we had talked about this before because Andrew was saying like, well, the one thing John wouldn't do, because I was saying I do John-like, Meadows-like training a lot, or I have, was that I like to start with that pre-fatigue. And he was saying, well, he would save that for the end. I will come back and do a fly at the end. but. I keep that range shorter. I don't focus on the stretch. I focus on just activating the pec. And and I I, I get to the point where I'm decently warmed up, but I'm not exaggerating that stretch on that pec deck when I open up with that at all. And nowadays I don't really do that anymore. Um, You know, I have to, but it did help. At one point it did help. In general, I would say, I would agree with you 100% that I would keep any type of like a, a, a fly movement as if I were to create a rule the rule would be in most cases put it at the end. Yeah, I thought
1: closer to the end, and that's how I am too. Let me add one thing about a pec deck real quick. Yeah. You can still tuck your elbows on a be- on a pec deck, so you need to be careful with your positioning huh. of the seat.
0: Yeah. The, yes. The, yes.
1: Yeah, it, it really is important because if your elbows are, you know, again we come back to the to the angle. If you're on a pec deck and your upper arm is too low mm-hmm. where the elbow is too low then it's just not a, it's not going to be a good angle the stretch isn't going to be as good it doesn't necessarily need to be you know your upper arm doesn't need to be like parallel with the floor doesn't mean need it needs yeah. to be damn close to it and yeah. then you have to set the seat too to where because if you set the seat too low then you can move more into the upper chest and if yep. you set it the seat too high, then you can it can end up being too low. You have to play with the seat height. You so do. if you're training with someone who's six foot and you're only five seven, if you are going to use the same seat height, one of you is gonna be struggling to keep the correct uh positioning essentially when you go to target that muscle or target your chest.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that 100. percent I remember at one point messing around with uh, cable flies at the end of my workout and bringing them all the way up here, like really hitting upper chest. You ever do that? Yeah, hate them. Yeah, it. I can't do it anymore. It's just a preference it, thing. It goes it's just to a my preference. It, when I do that. It goes front to delt. my yeah, it goes to my front delt a lot. But yeah. there was a time That's that right. I did that and I felt like I I got good activation, like right in that little yeah. n- that little notch right there. But that comes back to where you position the
1: pulleys, too, because I see a lot of oh, doing yeah doing yeah. the low pulley, and then they're coming up like they're hitting the upper chest. And I'm thinking to myself, you're hitting the upper chest, but it's so minimal. You're pumping the shit out of your front delts because that angle of pull is coming up from the floor. Yeah. So here's another example of a chest fly. I do a cable fly standing almost entirely straight up, and I come down to where the, hand, the handles in my hands meet right in front of my dick. Yeah. I don't do them okay. out in front of me. Yeah, so you're going, do in front of me. you're going it's down you're going down It's more of like a, if you want to call it it really it's almost like a decline cable fly yeah, sense. yeah. Now, as i get heavier i have to lean in a little bit but they're never out in front of me they my hands never finish out from i the contraction i get when my hands are closer to my hips yeah. instead of dick i guess is um just for me it's And I've had clients, when I trained people one-on-one at Titan for a couple years, uh, and back when I trained Jimmy, I can't think of a client who didn't prefer when I tried the two different hand placements of where the hands come together and finish each rep that didn't like or prefer the hands closer to the hips instead of out in front of them. Hmm. I'll tell you, the people who prefer it out in front of them, usually, not all the time because I don't like blanket statements, but usually people who are using way too much fucking
0: weight. (laughs) Yeah, yeah
1: and it just becomes this really awkward odd you know the the angles are bad with the arm it's not outside of 90 it's almost like a leaning in cable dumbbell like, press with a somehow they get at the
0: top and they get rear delts involved somehow it's and it's just a weird are,
1: weird yeah. thing yeah
0: all right let's see what else we got here um oh we got well you know what Uh, I had one that I don't want to forget from Patreon. Somebody had asked us about BPC 157 and how we would suggest running it. You have not used that or you don't. Oh, oh, you have now. Okay. I've used it three
1: times and you're going to have to give your dosing advice because I will go on record as to say, at least in my situation, three different times. Yeah i don't like this i i on paper it works for gut health and i would use it i ended up finishing what i had under the auspice of, of gut health i i don't it doesn't do anything much of anything for me at all and that was with or without uh the tb500
0: and that was for gut or for injuries
1: no i ended up using the you know the bpc for gut at the end just because i wanted to use what i had I see. And, and i can't say that it didn't work things like that are not You just really don't know. You go with what's on paper in a situation like that. But I tell you, I I kept using it thinking, damn it, this stuff looks so great on paper for inflammation. And maybe it does help with inflammation. It just didn't do anything for me three times. If it did, I didn't notice it.
0: So here's what I've noticed as far as results with BPC-157. For something like a tendonitis where my my front my, my bicep tendon under that front delt would get inflamed and it would start bothering me um and and it would it would get worse because my it was like pecs were tight and i'd be sitting here at my desk and i'm using that mouse arm and all that if i were to take a shot of that at say at four o'clock in the afternoon by 10 o'clock that night it would, i wouldn't hurt anymore that's like a mild, that's a mild tendonitis tendonitis that doesn't bother me if I don't move it. But then when I start moving it, I'm like, oh yeah, I can feel that it's, it's Mm -hmm. good enough for me that I can feel it in that period of time. And then I'll follow that up with, you know, another five days at that dose. That's for like a real mild thing. I think it works really good for that type of thing. Something like a tennis elbow. I can see it working really good for when I've had bigger issues like when i've hurt my back when i've strained my in fact i'm working with a woman now who has some she literally she like totally screwed up her back and she's she has access to peptides like unlimited basically i think she has a peptide sponsor if you're watching you know who you are um and, and and she's up in in canada she said uh I don't know how much that's helped her. In situations like that, I don't know. When I've hurt my back badly, it's like, I don't know. It takes a few days, and then it starts feeling better. And I'm like, was it the BPC? Was it not? I don't know. But yeah, on paper, it is really great. Um, But I think it depends on the injury as far as if I can tell that it's helped or or not for me. So I will say that. Um, Dosing-wise, I would suggest... And I go higher than a lot of people do. Uh, A lot of times it's like, uh, I think, gosh, I think 350 micrograms twice a day, something like that. I'll do a milligram twice a day to start. And um, I'll run that uh, for the first two days. And then I'll be, possibly continue going with that if it was a bad injury. Uh, but then I'd probably back off after after at least like, you know, the, after I get through like one bottle, one and a half bottles, I'd back that down to one milligram a day. And after something that feels like it's really coming around, then I'd probably back it off to like 750 micrograms a day. And I know that they say it works better, or it's always said that we should split that up, but I've never noticed a difference. I've taken it all in one shot and I've taken it, I've taken it split up and I haven't noticed a huge difference. So there's been times that I've just like gone and banged in, you know, a milligram straight or two milligrams straight at the most. I've never gone above two milligrams. Uh, Anyway, do you remember how you dosed it offhand?
1: I don't. I do remember going. Taking the dosing up because I thought to myself, I just have to see if this is going to work. Like, I don't want it to be, oh, I wasn't using enough or anything like that. So I dosed it pretty heavily. And one of the times was with a very mild, like very mild. Uh, It was the last time. It was the third time that I used it. Uh, Very mild rotator um, cuff irritation. And even with it being mild. You know, it's funny because... Things like this will sometimes work, and I think it's important for people to know. Sometimes it'll work for some people; sometimes it won't. L carnitine is another good example. I've never yeah. noticed a damn thing from L carnitine, and yet there are people who who love it and swear by it, and they will use it. And I've had clients use it, and some will report that, yeah, it, you know, I noticed a difference. And then other clients are like, I just, I don't notice a difference, and I'm tired of putting this you know injecting yeah this data. It's, it's a so, yeah
0: it's a big commitment isn't it in All different companies
1: teams. it's not just one specific company yeah. to where i could go okay maybe theirs wasn't as good you know that sort of thing i just think that in situations like this sometimes uh, and it can be different for the injury as well too i mean when i didn't notice it on my knee the first time i thought well i have a pretty bad knee injury so i don't expect yeah. to be uh, you know recover from it in a week uh, but I, I, when it was the last time the last straw for me was just that it was very minor rotator cuff inflammation. And you didn't and get a relief was, from it. Did you,
0: did you, you know, give it a break too? Did you stop? Well, before?
1: what I No, what I actually did was before check, cause it would only bother me um, slightly for chest, not for shoulders or anything okay. like that, which is, normal. but I would come in and I would do some very light, high rep pumping for specifically for my rotator cuffs and then go into my chest workouts. And it didn't take me three weeks. And it had decreased like 80%.
0: No kidding. Huh.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. Just getting that blood in there and feeding more blood to that area Yeah, um, is, is likely what happened and getting it loose and everything else. But it it was all made all the difference. In fact, it got to the point where it wasn't bothering me at all. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to continue to do these prior to every chest movement or chest workout. And I continue to do that
0: yeah all oh, right on
1: that's why nobody will train with me
0: because yeah. it takes me 25 <laughs> minutes to stretch
1: and then if it's chest day, then i have to do you know 10 or 15 minutes of warming up with my rotator cuffs and things like that by the time i get to train if someone's going to train with me they have to show up an hour after i get started
0: right right <laughs> all right well listen let's wrap this thing up guys we appreciate you hanging out with us hope you had a great thanksgiving and of course go to uh dot and get some coaching from skip Get the Black Friday sale. Skip's got his coaching for 50% off, right? Is that what you said <laughs> Do <the show>? I? <laughs> <laughs> I made that part <laughs> up. I made that yeah, part yeah. up. We'll I made that part that up. Part out, yeah. No, we'll leave it, guys. Call Skip. <laughs> tell, tell, call him on it. Call him on it. Tell him I said 50%. And, uh, of course, go to truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK. And you can get Team Skip Protein there, which is my personal favorite. And uh, as I mentioned before, supplementsource.ca, for those of you in Canada, they're not taking they're not so black friday is a u.s thing but i wouldn't be surprised if they took part in it too and uh strong sports nutrition out in the uk they're not taking part in black friday they don't do that stuff for another episode of blood sweat and gear with skip hill i'm scott mcnally we'll see you soon